Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey there, this is the spoken edition of Wired. Fake think tanks fuel fake news and the president's tweets by Emma Gray Ellis. Fake news isn't just Macedonian teenagers or internet trolls. A long standing network of bogus think tanks raise disinformation to a pseudoscience, and their studies pull quotes and flashy stats that become the so called evidence driving viral fact free stories, not to mention President Trump's tweets. These organizations have always existed. They're old school propagandists with new school tech savvy reach. They've been ginning up so-called research for everyone from shady corporations to anti-LGBTQ groups to white supremacists for decades. Their practice and their faux academic veneer is thick and glossy, which makes them harder to brush off than your garden variety liar. Fake think tanks use a mix of selected truths, half-truths, and downright fabricated stuff in order to manipulate people, says Massimo Pigliucci, a philosophy professor at the City College of New York and author of Nonsense on Stilts, How to Tell Science from Bunk. We don't live in the age of post-truth. We live in the age of Internet-enabled bullshit. So phony think tanks are hard to spot, let alone discredit and combat. Their mix of pseudo-scientific camouflage, long-held political connections, and social media gets them influence, and a whole lot of clicks. Propagandists undercut scholarship in service of an agenda. Anywhere science has become politicized is fertile ground for their trade. So you get anti-vaxxers on the left and climate change deniers on the right. And because politicized science is often tied to business interests, looking at you, ExxonMobil, explicitly corporate colluding organizations exist, too. 
The Employment Policies Institute is just an anti-minimum wage increase PR firm run by actual PR firm Berman & Company, which is run by notorious former corporate lobbyist Richard Dr. Evil Berman. And because business interests and power brokering cross borders, fake news think tanks don't end with domestic groups. You have this additional strain of foreign influences spreading disinformation, says Lisa Graves, executive director for the Center for Media and Democracy. Like bots from abroad retweeting factoids intermixed with fake news. You've probably read some of Russia's handiwork. They also tend toward hate. There's the white supremacist National Policy Institute and Jared Taylor's New Century Foundation. The anti-LGBTQ work of the Family Research Council and American College of Pediatricians, and a whole slew of anti-immigrant groups. Three of the biggest, Federation for American Immigration Reform, the Center for Immigration Studies, and Numbers USA, are intertwined, sharing a founder and funder in white nationalist John Tanton. The Southern Poverty Law Center designates all the organizations in the previous paragraph as bona fide hate groups, and yet most, FRC, CIS, and FAIR in particular, enjoy relationships with some powerful politicians. Trump himself has met with leaders of the anti-immigration groups, hired people from FAIR and the Family Research Council, and cited the anti-immigration group's erroneous figures. Which doesn't necessarily mean Trump is willfully amplifying disinformation. For the layperson who reads about these topics for 10 minutes a week, I don't think there's an easy way to see who's full of it, says Alex Narasta, an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. That's because phony think tanks are professional mimics. From the innocuous-sounding names, the Employment Policies Institute practically steals its name from the Economic Policy Institute to their online presences. It used to be you could trust a .edu or a .org, says Heidi Berrick, director of the Southern Poverty Law Center's Intelligence Project. Now, some of the main hate sites are .orgs. Then there's their research methods, which have a long history. It's the tobacco playbook, says Graves, when the tobacco industry was facing the health community's concerns about the manifest consequences of smoking, they set to work debunking the science and endowing people with expertise they don't actually have. Once you have some talking heads or online personalities, like NPI's Richard Spencer, you've got to give them something to say. Most of these organizations aren't doing their own studies, but repurposing others' work. For some, it's cherry-picking the most convenient data points. The anti-vaxxer movement bases its claims largely on a single, discredited, and retracted paper, Pigliucci says, and simply ignores dozens upon dozens of scientific papers that don't fit their preferred narrative. Others comb through many papers to construct a new narrative. The Family Research Council does quite a bit of that, as does the homophobic American College of Pediatricians, which doesn't call itself a think tank. We internally assemble and analyze peer-reviewed literature, says Lisa Hawkins, the ACPED's executive administrator. This is less susceptible to bias since we do not create the research design or conduct the actual research. Total baloney! If everything is on the same page, all the peer review internally won't matter, says Narista. 
In other words, since everyone in the group all starts from the same viewpoint, gay people are bad and dangerous, that's what they see as they assemble, read, cobble together, and miscontextualize peer-reviewed literature, which is how FRC and AC pads came to assert homosexuality is connected to pedophilia, even though none of their source material agreed. The masters of miscontextualized stats, those anti-immigration groups. I've never had to republish my numbers because they were wrong, says Stephen Camerata, director of research at CIS, the think-tanky arm of the Tanton trifecta. But you could interpret them in different ways, and the problems may or may not be due to immigration. Seems legit. And that's how they've seeded almost every immigration myth we've debunked. But here's the thing. Legally speaking, these think tanks are as legitimate as Heritage or Brookings. Think tanks don't have a regulatory agency. Many, NPI, EPI, ACPEDS, CIS, the New Century Foundation, FRC, are even tax-exempt, registered as 501c3 nonprofits like most legitimate think tanks. So, they've been able to convince someone at the IRS that what they do is educational, says Donald Abelson, a political scientist at the University of Western Ontario who studies think tanks. And the only time the IRS gets involved is if they violate 501c3 regulations by showing overt partisanship. Even mainstream think tanks only just follow this rule, finding loopholes in the tax code for partisan breakaway organizations like the Center for American Progress Action Fund or Heritage Action for America. The term think tank has become so diluted over the years, says Abelson. It has created additional space on the American political landscape for these types of organizations to emerge and gain notoriety. Most of these organizations are just hate groups with a dozen employees sitting in a tax loophole. But that doesn't mean their reach is limited. It's quite the opposite. Their disinformation has been weaponized through search algorithms, says Beric. Think tanky white supremacist organizations have generated enough material that a search topic like black-on-white crime is dominated by their propaganda. That's what happened to Dylan Roof and how Trump ended up tweeting those false statistics. Their content plays well on social media. Misinformation and fake news triggers hot cognition. It bypasses your focus on accuracy and goes directly to your feelings, says Joseph Kane, a professor of education at UC Riverside who studies engagement with media and politics online. If the misinformation confirms their prior policy position, they're far more likely to say it's accurate. Which these organizations know and exploit. There is one basic reason why CIS is influential, Camerata says. It's that there's nobody else criticizing immigration in a thoughtful way. It's like we're the best hockey player in Ecuador. When you carve out a niche supplying confirmatory information you know people are looking for, it doesn't matter if you're right or not. And that extends beyond arguments happening on your uncle's Facebook feed, because appealing stats and buzzwords are politically expedient, too. I get contacted by congressional staffers all the time, Camerata says. We have a good relationship with Senator Jeff Sessions, so I'm hoping that we will play a very substantial role in informing and influencing policy. According to Abelson, think tanks aligning themselves with an ascendant political figure is their boat to the mainstream. 
That's what Heritage did with Ronald Reagan and what these groups are doing with Donald Trump, so far successfully. Look, people connected to these groups are going to be in the White House. Chris Kobach is deciding on immigration policy, and he's spent the last 10 years deep in the heart of FAIR, Barrick says. That's the ultimate reach. And with no regulatory agency and a consistent campaign to delegitimize mainstream media, few mechanisms exist to keep these groups in check. Hey, this is Andrew from the Spoken Edition team. I wanted to let you know that we just launched a new website at SpokenEdition.com. This new site has over 40 different shows from top publications around the web, all for free. So visit SpokenEdition.com, subscribe to a few new shows, and keep listening. Thanks. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.